Hello, and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. I am your host, R.T. Fleming. I'm here to help you find your next digital pick from the golden age to the present. Since I was a kid, I have been reading comics, and I have never lost my love of comic books. I try to pass on that excitement for comic books to others, always looking for that next fantastic read, or discovering an old favorite. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 34 for May 16th, 2022. This time around, I have another guest. His name is Ryan Gertes, and he has a new comic book um, coming out this week called West Deacon. Very much enjoyed it. Fell in love with the art and the story. You can see where it's available at the show notes. You can also get it at Comic Allergy Unlimited and other great places. I want to get right to the interview, but first, please spread this podcast around. If you like what you see, tell others. Feel free to DM me on my Instagram, Twitter accounts. You may also write to me at Fantastic Comic Fan, all one word, at gmail.com. Now, this guy with this great interview. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, I'd like to welcome Ryan Gertez, who's a writer and artist to the Fantastic Fan Comic Podcast. Um, Ryan, I usually ask the guests um, who are first time, which that includes you, what was your big um, start in comic books? What was the thing that really hit you and got you? Like, I'm into comic books now. Um, I would say being like six or seven years old and there was uh, an issue of Superman where he, um, he confronts Bizarro on the cover. And they're, they're kind of, um, they're in, they're in like locked in combat and Bizarro is sort of looming over him and Superman's kind of getting ready to punch upward. And I remember being so captivated by how dynamic the art was and how, how robust the colors were that I, I remember just after that, it was like, you couldn't get me to stop. Was it pre-crisis or after crisis? Let's see. I was like six or seven, I think. And I'm 35 now. So when did crisis happen? That was 85, 84, 85. Oh, it'd have to be after crisis. Yeah. You know, it was probably a John Byrne then. Yeah. Oh my God. John Byrne. I I actually just recently purchased um, his like, you know, his, his reboot of Superman back in the late eighties, early nineties. And I remember just, I I actually had never read it as a kid, but it's. Oh, that is a fascinating run. He did a lot of cool stuff with it. Yeah. A lot of one of the most interesting choices he made was powering Superman down slightly, which I think I like. <laughs> I think it works. I think it's good. It made him more human and it made him um, more relatable to people, <clears throat> I believe. Yeah. Well, it also made for some better action sequences, I think, because you, you put him in a little more of a situation where he actually has to work. Well, you know? Yeah, because before Crisis, I remember seeing um, things where he survived the a supernova of a star, you know, mm-hmm. or moving planets along the way or moving a moons out of the way. I'm like, well, you, yeah. he's that powerful. What can he possibly, yeah. you know, face that would be, I mean, you can't face the toy man and the prankster, you know, <laughs> yeah. when you yeah, can move moons. Write, you ride him into a corner with that sometimes. So, yeah. Um, you have a project coming out um, May 16th around there called West Deacon. We were talking beforehand that's pretty much an all-ages book. Tell us a little bit about the background. First off, I'm looking at the pages, and his art is stunning. I really like it. It's a very unique style, very different. So tell us a little about West Deacon. Uh, West Deacon is kind of a mashup of – there's elements of He-Man and Silver Surfer. 
um, thrown in with a, a space-faring sort of space opera vibe. It's it's lots of fantasy and science fiction rolled up in a in a in a mythical superhero package. It it's kind of hard to actually mix science fiction and the <clears throat> mystical type stuff. Did you ever read Dread Star? No, but people have mentioned it more than once. I, I was I was actually someone was talking about the West Deacon on another podcast, and they mentioned Dreadstar. It was somewhere in the UK, and now I'm interested. In, I, I I had no idea what this was. It, yeah, talking. it was a um, back in the early '80s. Marvel had a separate creator-owned imprint, and Dreadstar, I believe, was by Jim Starlin. Okay, and. Um, mm. You can actually find it on Comiscology Unlimited. Um, I think you can actually borrow it. But yeah, it's, I was looking at the cover and going, that reminds me a little bit about Red Star. Um, who's the main character in West Deacon? Uh, it's, it's West Deacon himself. That's, um, that's the guy in the blue? That's the guy in the blue armor, yeah. He's my, uh, he's, he's my man. He's my creation. I've been sitting with this character since I was a little kid. I used to draw him in my notebooks. And then as I got older, the design kind of became more sophisticated. The story got a little more sophisticated. And, you know, I turned late 20s, early 30s. And I decided I think my art was finally up to where my brain was, where I, you know, he, he looked the way I pictured him instead of always feeling like he fell short of my imagination. And that's when I kind of decided to really put the whole thing into a graphic novel. So is West Deacon a standalone or like a miniseries? Uh, we're starting with a five-issue arc through uh, Marcosia uh, Press in the UK. Um, it's going to be an international release on May 16th. Um, yeah, we're starting with a, with a five-issue story arc. And then uh, after that, I mean, sky's the limit. I, I, have, I have intentions to go on with this, but always in probably four to five-issue arcs and volumes to release. How did you hook up with a British publisher? Uh, I was pitching it around to American publishers during the pandemic. And a lot of these independent publishers were so backed up because of what was happening with COVID. Uh, they were so backed up on their on their answering, and, you know. But this uh, this one publisher in the UK sort of they kind of popped out because uh, he the the guy who owns it, Harry Marcos, called me personally after the pitch. He called me from his his house in England to talk I about. I can see before. why. I have, oh. I have I had the privilege of actually looking at this art, and before I even read this, I'm like. Be, just be based on the art, the visual. Like I gotta have this guy on the podcast because people gotta know more about his work. <clears throat> and Thank I, you so and I, much. Yeah, no, I really. It's. I think a lot of artists. We go through phases where a lot of artists look cookie cutter, where a lot yeah. of the art looks the same. If you go through the nineties, you're like, oh my gosh, everybody, <laughs> you know. Or if you even go to the Silver Age, you know, they all look the. They, well, look at the Silver Age with Stan and Jack. Everything had a certain feel yeah. to it. Um, I was telling um, somebody the other day on another interview that I thought we were in a golden age of comic books again, um, even better than the first golden age, because we have so much diversity of comic books for all ages, all types, yeah. the ability to do stuff that probably 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, things like yours probably would have got lost in the shuffle. <clears throat> yeah, um, Probably. I mean, it, it, it's weird enough, I think, in, in the look that I could see someone being like, I mean, there were some publishers who saw it and they were like, listen, they were like, this looks great, but uh, we don't know how to fit this into our marketing schedule. And I was like, okay, I understand that. Yeah, we're about three years, you know, we're about three years down the road. We'll get back to you. Yeah. Uh, is this your first <laughs> published book? 
Uh, no, I have another book um, that's also, it's all happening at once. I have another book I'm, I'm an artist on, uh, co-creator on coming out this month through our Source Point Press. Yes. It's, it's a Western called Buzzard and Bone. Really? Yeah, it's a, I love it. It's written by Nick Philpa, who's a great writer. When is, uh, when is that one coming out? That's uh, coming out, well, we're in April now. It's the end of this month, um, literally in the next few days. I don't remember if it's the 29th or the 30th. But um, but why yeah. Did you send any, why didn't you send me information on that one? Jeez. Oh, honestly, it just it. it <laughs> I, I was so relieved you responded to my initial. I'll send you. I'll send you Buster Bowman's right away. Um, no, because westerns again. Um, people just don't do westerns. Yeah. Um, no, make sure you send that to me. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> well, I I actually I want to do a western podcast on western comics. Oh. I would love that. Are you going to talk about Western movies too? Because I, I need someone to talk to the Western movies about because I, at this point, I, I don't have too many friends who've seen as many Westerns as I have. So it's, it's... we can do that. And what, yeah, we, you know, <laughs> we, we'll schedule another interview soon because I mean, the fact that you're doing a Western, it's just, you know, people don't do good Western comics anymore. Not, yeah. that, not that I'm necessarily a, a big fan, but when I grew up in the Bronze Age, I call myself a Bronze Age baby. You go to a, just even from DC, you have Western, you have war books, you have the horror anthology, you have superheroes, yeah. you have so much uniqueness. And now 90% of it is superheroes. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with superheroes, but you just don't have, you know, from the big post, you don't have that diversity of books that you should have. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is because of the comics code. You know what happened in the in the sixties, the way that they they basically they banned so many types of content that the only thing that was acceptable was superheroes, and that's kind of what stuck. But I mean, some good and some bad came out of that. I mean, what's good is like we never would have known what a fountain of of imagination superheroes could be until they were, you know, the spotlight was focused on them. You know that that's true because um, you you know I didn't realize that the code was so restrictive to actually make good stories within that code took a lot of creativity on yeah. the creators' parts, especially DC, because DC didn't have a lot of stories that continued, unlike Marvel. Yeah. You know, you had the reason. You know, um, speaking of that, I didn't see, you know, there's the, I don't know if you know this, but um, back during the Silver Age, DC used to put a lot of monkeys and gorillas on their covers. <laughs> Did you know that? No. No, seriously, they used to put. You mean a, a Gorilla Grog? Yeah, that's why we got Gorilla Grog and Titano. Um, so I was going to joke with you. I was like, I don't see no monkeys on your cover. No, they decided, the DC decided whenever they put monkeys and gorillas on their covers, the sales of the books just completely skyrocketed. So yeah. they were constantly putting um, this stuff in. So, West Deacon, what are your influences to putting West Deacon? I mean, it looks like I see a little bit of Hobbishish, you know, a little bit of like. Lord of the Rings type things in it. Yeah. It reminds me of sort of stuff like that. It actually reminds me also, excuse me, it reminds me of some um, kind of like a, a young Thor type, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a mix of, uh, it's like what you're looking at as a product of a kid who was reading Lord of the Rings, Thor, uh, Silver Surfer, and Dune by Frank Herbert, all in the same like five to 10 years, you know, so you get this weird influence of all these things. I mean, it's, I say science fiction because there's a spacefaring 
aspect to it, but really West Egan is more purely fantasy. It's even, even the spaceships that, that move throughout that universe are, you know, they're, they're, they're propelled largely by magic. And, and, you know, it's, it's similar to how Star Wars is purely fantasy where it's, there's very little scientific basis for anything in Star Wars. It's, it's, it's really meant to invoke something emotional, which is what fantasy does, you know? What's the publication schedule for West Beacon? How often will it, you know, how often it'll be coming out? The plan right now is, I mean, the first one's coming out May 16th. And then the plan is to have um, at the end of every month, um, every issue is going to come out. So we're going to go, you know, May, just, just down the line uh, for the next five months. And then when, do you have anything else? I know you've got the Western coming out, but do you have anything else like in the pipes after this one? I mean, I know you want to continue the West Beacon, but do you have any other side projects? Coming yeah, I, um, there's there's things. I mean, I have like five pitches that now. I, now that I've broken into publishing and I have a publisher that really likes my work and they're, they're friendly toward me. I have other things I wanted to pitch him. Um, I have a, a science fiction story um, that was about more about alien conspiracy government stuff. And, it, you know, um, that's sitting in a pipeline. I also had one that I wanted to do that I wrote. I wrote this novelistic script for it and that it's been sitting on my shelf for years. And it's about superheroes during the great depression in new york in, in the 1930s um and that that was another one that's a little a little hard to market because apparently retro things you know they're, they're never quite sure where to put that but but it's mostly even drawn it's one of those things i just have you know did you always have in mind to be a writer you know i mean because i mean writers and artists i mean they go together but not everybody can write as well as they can draw Sure. Yeah. And you, you can write pretty it. good. You write oh, pretty good. You. I appreciate um, that. And, and it's, a, it's a unique combination. I mean, but would you do work with somebody where they would write and you would draw? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, most most of my career up until this point, I've been a hired artist for other people's books. Um, so I, I've, I've gotten pretty comfortable collaborating, especially I mean, like Nick Philpot, who's the co-writer for Buzzard and Bone. Yeah. Um, he is, he is a fantastic writer. He, he, he's a published author. He's written books. He's, so his, his grasp of language, all that stuff, it's just, it's beautiful. Um, his plot structure is like flawless. Uh, I learn from him quite a bit because I'm someone who I get caught up in what I'm writing. And sometimes like, you know, West Deacon's a bit long. So I had to kind of cut the fat a little bit. Right. But overall, I mean, for me as a kid, it was always growing up, drawing and writing was always just kind of tangled up in itself so comics felt like the perfect medium to explore that because it's you know you have that multi-million dollar big budget movie in the palm of your hand you could just write it and draw it right there what what artists are you influenced by oh it goes back and forth i mean there's there's hyper realistic artists like olivier coipel and uh, travis charay um uh but then it goes all the way the other direction where you get like um you know dan warren johnson um you know, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy, like these cartoonists, uh, like in, in terms of modern artists, I love Becky Cloonan, um, Raphael Albuquerque. Like I just kind of like, like, you know, I just devour it. But if you're talking about classic artists, I mean, I, I, I can never stop looking at Mobius. I can never really? stop. Oh, I love Mobius. He's, and I, and I love um, Sergio Topi, who's a, you know, a Western artist. Yes. Uh, uh, and there's also, you know, the, the American artists of, of it, it's, it's like, every time I'll see someone I'll be like, Oh, this is definitely my favorite artist. You know, I'll be just obsessed with their work for like a month and then I'll, I'll see someone else and I'll just discover this entirely different style. And then I'll be like, Oh no, this, this is definitely my favorite. This is, this is like how I want to, this is the one that inspires me the most. And then a week later it's onto another and you just kind of, 
it's like a buffet. I mean, I, I don't know how to choose, but I, I named like 20 people just now. So you can see how <laughs> managed, you know. Do you have any um, aspirations of like working with the big two publishers? You know, I, if, they, if, they, if they made me an offer to, to work on, I mean, like I would love more than anything if I was going to work on a, on a character that was already established, like Superman is maybe my favorite character ever in anything. If they made that offer, absolutely. Uh, but it feels like with something like West Deacon happening right now, if, if that builds the, the popularity that I want and, and it has enough success that I can keep working on it, I mean, that, that would just be all my focus. But yeah, of course. I mean, I love Spider-Man. I love Superman. Well, you do have the talent. Um, before we wrap this up, do you have any parting comments, anything to say? It's your show. <laughs> you're, on, you're, on, you're in the spotlight right now. Uh, I want to thank you for having me on. Um, it so was a pleasure. Like I said, I saw your artwork and I'm like, I got to have this guy on. This stuff is so amazing. I love your work. Oh, thank you. I'd love to come on again and just chat with you sometime. Oh, we can uh, do that. Most definitely. We can do that yeah. again. Uh, so party comments to, to your viewers is Buzzard and Bone uh, with Nick Philpot, the Western with a fantasy bend is out right now. Um, and uh, look out May 16th for West Deacon. It's going to be released on Comixology, and we're going to get it in as many shops as possible. Um, a digital and print release. You can pre-order it right now on Comixology or Amazon. All right. Again, I'd like to add, thank, uh, thank you, Ryan, for coming on here. Uh, again, I'll have you again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, brother. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you at fantasticcomicfan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.